I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Please take your seats quickly, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. And then there were eight. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to The Passing Shot. It's time for our ATP Tour Finals Look Forward in London. Yes, sir. The ATP Tour Finals are upon us where the top eight singles and doubles pairings duke it out to be crowned the end of season tour champions. Kim, we had the draws yesterday and we've had a bit of time to digest the group stages. Obviously, you're a Nadal fan, so I don't really know what you're, you're feeling right now. Are you excited? Are you nervous? Is he, is he even going to play? I'm not sure. Well, that is the million dollar question, Joel. I'm holding off purchasing any tickets for Monday night <laughs> until maybe the weekend because um, I'm fully expecting some kind of announcement. Um, just given Rafa's prior history at this event, I, uh, I'm i going to just like wait till the, the 11th hour to get my tickets uh, just in case. So I don't really um, want to spend too much money on Monfils Merev, <laughs> which I'm sure would be a great match but I, you know needs must needs must it would be a great match but i think bautista agut is the first alternate oh is so... he oh okay wow but i've i have seen some videos today of nadal practicing but i think it is one of those situations where until i see him on you know on the tennis court on you know for his first match then i will I will believe he is ready and he's he has come here to you know to play. Um, but yes, we've had the as I said, we've had the draws yesterday, um, the singles and doubles draws, and me and Kim will be talking about and previewing uh, both the competitions. So let's start with the singles draws, and we have the two groups: Group Agassi and Group Borg. And in Group Agassi, we have. Nadal, Medvedev, Sissipas, and Zverev. And then in Group Borg, we have Djokovic, Federer, Team, and Berrettini. And yeah, let's start with Group Agassi. We've kind of talked, we're talking about this, Kim, in like our, these are our top six things we're looking forward to in the World Tour Finals. And I think the first point is, who is going to be the year-end number one is it going to be Rafa Nadal? Is it going to be Novak Djokovic? I mean, I think, you know, at the moment, I feel like with all the injury kind of concern and uncertainty around Nadal, I, th- I think it's advantage Djokovic, even though he is behind in the race. Yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. I mean, he's only 640 points behind, so not, you know, not a million miles behind. And looking at the groups, I would say Rafa's got the tougher of the two groups. And what with the injury concern, he might not even be playing. Um, in which case, Novak, I think, 
well, there's a bit of mathematical crunching, but basically if Rafa doesn't play in London um, or plays but wins no matches, Novak's got to reach the final with at least two round-robin wins to to end the year as number one, uh, which I think is a definite possibility of that happening. Uh, but if Rafa does turn up and wins two round-robin matches, Djokovic has to win the title, which again <laughs> could quite well happen anyway. So just looking at all the possibilities, yeah, I would say Djokovic is going to end the year as world number one. But to be honest with you, I don't think it's really that much of a an issue for Rafa. I don't think world number one is like his be-all and end-all. You know, he's kind of come out and recently said, you know, I just want to be able to carry on playing for as long as possible and be healthy. Whether I'm number one or, or not is kind of like, you know, a bonus. It's like the icing on the cake, but it's not it's not essential. I, I think that's an interesting point because although I like I get that and I, I agree with that, but at the same time, is there not a part of him that thinks, hang on, the World Tour Finals is is the only competition I've never won. You know, is he going to be desperate to kind of, you know, almost like tick that box, you know, in in considering, you know, his level of greatness, you know, when all is said and done, you know, do, does he need the World Tour Finals, you know, to almost kind of complete the set along with all the all the grand slams he has. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he needs it in the sense of no one's going to say he's not, you know, one of the greatest players of all time, like if he doesn't win, you know, unless he wins this event. But yeah, this would be like the final one he needs to kind of tick that box. I think, you know, in terms of his motivation to play, yeah, to win the title is way more important to him than like, you know, ending the season as world number one. Um, And, you know, Considering the form that he was in in Paris, you know, before getting this abdominal injury, like I would have said this would be one of his best best chances at, at winning the title. So it is somewhat frustrating that he's kind of picked something up again at this point in the season. Um, I, I think the, the more I think about it, I think it would actually almost be more fitting if he didn't win the, the World Tour Finals because, <laughs> you know, it, it, it just kind of shows you, you know, in terms of kind of, you know, looking at the the big three, you know, you you would probably say Nadal, you know, in terms of you know being injury prone, he he is the most injury prone, and you know that is a you know the fact that he's not won a World Tour Finals, and you know Federer and Novak have won you know have won them like multiple times. I think you know it's almost like a sign of you know it's, it is a sign of their you know it's a sign of their body and and how long you know it lasts into the season. It, it, yeah, I, I I I concur with that. But then you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, Rafa's what one slam behind Federer, who you know is older. He's had more time in which to achieve those slam wins. He achieved many of those slam wins before you know his greatest rivals even emerged. So yeah, Rafa's body, you know, he does get more prone to injuries. But yes, it stopped him in the past, but it hasn't stopped him to the extent that he's not been able to like still have. Mm you know, potentially the greatest ever number of slams and blah, blah, blah. I mean, this is another debate maybe for another day. But um, I mean, interestingly, going on to kind of like, I think the second thing we wanted to raise was in this group, the Agassi group, we could see with Rafa and Medvedev a repeat of the uh, US Open final, which would be really, you know, a very exciting rematch because that final kind of had it all, didn't it? When it went five, it was just crazy towards the uh well when Medvedev started his comeback it was one of the best matches of the year 
we were yeah we were going in meltdown because we were we were going to record our our finals our finals review pod but uh yeah that that match gave us other ideas because it went on till about well, it went out went on to about four in the morning didn't it in, uh, in it in did the UK, i was extremely but, uh, tired and stressed um but yeah like since that you know medvedev apart from a little dip in paris when he lost to jeremy shardy you know medvedev's form didn't drop you know he he won what two titles after that he still had like an insanely high level and to be fair so did rafa like you know he was in good form so if they are to meet next week like we could technically be in for a bit of a ding dong bit of a classic and medvedev is mm. kind of getting closer each time they seem to play so you know maybe you tip medvedev to win it if it's best of three sets i agree and i actually think his loss i mean we i know he lost last week in in the paris mod Paris Masters to Shardy, but I actually think that's going to do him a, a, a world of favours, you know, coming into the World Tour Finals. As you said, he played, you know, lots of tennis and he played like six consecutive tournaments or, or we got to six consecutive finals, aka he played a lot of tennis. Um, and I think kind of just a little bit of time to to recru- recuperate um, by going out early in, the, in Paris. I think that will do him a world of good coming into the, the World Tour Finals. And yeah, it is. I think that is, an, I think that is the big matchup: Nadal versus Medvedev. And as you said, Medvedev has got closer this season. And you know, with that uncertainty over Nadal's fitness, um, you know, I think you know if there is an if there is an upset, if there is a, a player from the, you know, from the next now gen uh, to defeat one of the, the the greats, I think this is. I think for me, this is probably the match I'm going to be looking at that it's going to happen at. Yeah, and I think Medvedev is the most likely contender of the the next gen or the non-big three, you know, to, to go and win the tournament. So um, that would be, you know, an extremely good way for him to end the season. You know, the last few months have been insane for him. So, but yeah, maybe he's still not got enough in the tank. You know, I think Paris losing early helped, but but maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe he won't quite get back up to, to the form. We'll see. It'll be really interesting. But also, talking of the next gen, in group Agassi, you know, we have like the three top next geners in that same, like in that one group. So um, I think that's going to be interesting to see who is going to kind of come out as, if Rafa plays, if Rafa you know, if it goes according to like rankings and seedings, Rafa would qualify to the semis. Who would be the one who would then qualify through to the semis with Rafa? Um, you know, you'd have to say Medvedev, but Zverev's the defending champion. You know, on this court last year, he beat Federer and Djokovic in straight sets, I think, to win the title. So, you know, he he could well re-emerge. <laughs> Group Agassi, it's the, that is the battleground for you know almost to be the true next gen number one maybe going into the new season and i think what's great about it is they they will all play each other you know it because of the round robin format it's not a knockout so we get to see all these guys face each other and you know zverev sissipas you know i feel like there's a bit of a there's a bit of an edge to that which that could potentially boil over at the world tour finals you obviously got medvedev who's in in great form um and yeah i mean just a word on it I think this is, you know, in this tournament, um, there are four players, 23 and under, with Zverev, Medvedev, Sispas, along with Berrettini. And the last time that happened was 10 years ago. It was in 2009. And that quartet, 
was Nadal, Djokovic, Murray and Del Potro. So, Aww. you know, so who knows? Maybe in, in 10 years time, we'll see, uh, you know, we'll we'll see these guys as almost kind of the the greats that uh, are set to be, you know, needed to be, you know, at the top of their a perch. But um, yeah, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be an interesting battle, but I think, yeah, you think you would say Medvedev is kind of the, the favorite. Yeah. I think probably Medvedev will top the group actually. Um, even if Rafa plays, I, I sense that I, you know, Rafa on an indoor hard court, you know, with injury woes, perhaps. I, I don't know, like, it's just, he's had some pretty crushing defeats on this court. So I don't know <laughs> how likely it is that he's going to, oh, I don't know. We'll see. We will see. Um, but let's have a quick ad break and then we'll go on to discuss Group Borg. Okay, Joel. So Group Borg obviously got Roger Federer and Novak Djokovic in. Um, it'll be the first time that they're going to meet since that Wimbledon final, which ended uh, on a fifth set 12-all tie break um, for the first time ever. So, you know, that match was pretty painful for Roger Federer. You know, he had championship points. Mm. How do you think it's going to be for him to face Djokovic again, you know, for the first time since that match? Do you think it's going to be in his head? I- I'm not sure, actually. I think... You know, I think you know he's obviously played Novak Djokovic enough times, and I think, I think it, to be honest, I think it will linger because you know that was for me that was probably one of the most painful defeats of Roger Federer's career. You know, you had two championship points, you know, in that if in that fifth set didn't take either of them, and then and then lost the match, and you know that is that is going to hurt, and that is going to. Yeah, you, know, you don't. Get, I don't think you get over that in you know in a day, and you know to face you know Novak in you know, to face Novak again in the same season. I think, you know, he has he is going to have that in the back of his head. And I feel like the fans are also going to have that in, <laughs> in, the back of their, in the back of their minds as well. Because, you know, I think we look back at that Wimbledon final and, you know, we saw that the crowd, you know, I think, I think you know, there was, there was press reports saying that, you know, Novak felt kind of disrespected by, you know, a completely pro Federer Wimbledon crowd. And, you know, I know this isn't Wimbledon, but, you know, we are still in London Yes, this is the ATP finals, but I do wonder, you know, how how's the crowd going to react when we when Novak Djokovic steps on the court with Roger Federer? Is it going to be more 50-50 or are we going to see more of a, you know, a pro, you know, a pro Federer stance given that we're we're back in London? Well, yeah, that's a really good point actually because I mean, crowds the world over are pretty pro fed, aren't they? They just love the <laughs> the the ground he seems to walk on, but um yeah, I don't think it would be quite as bad as that Wimbledon final. I did think it was a bit much in the Wimbledon final. I did. I think that actually endeared me to Djokovic. Um, and in the end, I think I was like kind of on his side more. Um, but yeah, I think I always feel like Djokovic has the edge over Federer. And I think, yeah, the Wimbledon final won't have helped. So I feel like, I mean, in this situation, I feel like, yes, they'll meet in the groups, but there's a massively strong possibility they're just going to meet again in the final um, you know, because by b- both being in the same group, they avoid each other in the semis. If they both qualify, then they'll just, you know, we- we've had quite a lot of Federer Djokovic finals, I think, at this event in years past. So um, I think that's probably the most likely probability of what's going to unfold next week. <laughs> I have to agree, because I think that, you know, arguably, even though, you know, if you are a Federer fan, you see Novak Djokovic in your group, I actually think, you know, for both of them, they've come out with pretty decent, pretty decent draws because, yeah, as you said, they won't face each other 
in the semi-finals and they'll take someone from Nadal, you know, from Nadal's group. So, and you know, that will be either potentially an un, an, you know, an unhealth, uh, you know, a not 100% Rafael Nadal or, you know, one of the, you know, next now gen. So, you know, I think, I think, yeah, I think they're both in kind of a good situation regardless of that, of the, how that match ends. I think the biggest question mark, you know, is, is Dominic, is almost like Dominic team. And, you know, we've seen Dominic team on his day be an absolute handful, you know, for anyone on a, mm-hmm. on a, on a tennis court. So Dominic team, Roger Federer, um, I know a few listeners have got in touch with us and they actually think, you know, Dominic team, Dominic team could, you know, Dominic team could sneak through potentially at the expense of Roger Federer in that group. Yeah, I, I, I do kind of have this situation unfolding in my head where he could just do a Zverev and like play lights out for a week and, and clinch it. Like I, I don't put it past him and, you know, fair play to him if he does that. I think, I think he's definitely got a real shot. I think he'll either maybe like be a complete damp squib and do nothing or he'll like win the whole thing. I don't know. Um, and then as for Berrettini, I guess no one is really like talking about him. Probably a lot of fans who have tickets to this event. Maybe like people who don't follow tennis like all year. They just kind of go to this one every year after work. They might turn up and be like, who on earth is Matteo Berrettini? <laughs> um, and Joel, you've you very like, well, perhaps impolitely put on the on our little notes is he just making up the numbers? Um, I, I, I want to discuss. I'm not saying that for definite. I'm just saying, I'm just asking that as a question. I'm just asking he's that just, a question. He's just been like asked to join the party. We just need an eighth player. Can you, can you come along? Um, is he a walking bait? Is he a walking bagel? Is oh he a walking no, bagel? that's a horrible way of putting it. No, Although, he's had, I, let's be honest. I think David Ferrer he's, turned up one year and like didn't win anything. <laughs> like was awful. I'm not sure. He's, he has had, to be fair, he has had a fantastic season. And even to get to the World Tour Finals, that is an outstanding you know, achievement. And that is an outstanding achievement for Berrettini. It's an outstanding achievement for Italian tennis because, you know, I think there was a lot of, you know, wonder, you know wondering about like, you know, Fabio Fognini, how's he, you know, how's yes. he going to do this season? But, you know, Berrettini has, has almost kind of, yeah, he's had his breakthrough season. And, and this is kind of the, the crowning, crowning moment from it. No, yeah, I mean, I absolutely would love to see him do well. I would love to see a cracking Berrettini Federer, you know, like totally. I want Berrettini in those semi-finals. Um, I think that would just be cool. But um, just being realistic here, I think it will be Djokovic and Federer. <laughs> He's going to end up with a wooden spoon, isn't he, oh, Berrettini? Oh, but anyway, I don't want that to happen. Anyway, <laughs> we will see. I mean, yeah, it's. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, let's talk a bit of doubles, Joel, because obviously it's not all about the singles uh, players. So we've got the top eight of in the world and uh, the race in the doubles uh, group. Max Mirny. We've got Cabal and Farah, who are the world number ones. And, you know, they've actually never won this event. Um, obviously, they won Wimbledon this year. They got to the semis, I think, at this event last year. But they will be, um, you know, the top seeds. And they have been pretty much like the leading doubles team for most of the year. Um, they're in, yeah, Max Group Max Murnie. Your favourites, Kevin Kravitz and Andreas <laughs> Mees, your favourite doubles team, so to the extent that you can't remember their names. Um, <laughs> You're never going to let me live that down, are you? <laughs> they are in that same group. Uh, Roger and Takao as well, who I think they won this one a few years ago. They, I mean, they've been in it quite a few times. I mean, Roger and Takao are classic 
doubles team. Yeah, they won it in 2015. Um, and also Pierre-Hugues Hébert and Nicolas Maou, they're back together, Joel. They just won the Paris Masters and they're back together. Uh, Australian Open champions. So they they are in for a shot. I like the look of them. But can we just say, if 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 it goes to the form book and Cabal and Farrell win, does that can we argue therefore that Andy Murray and Feliciano Lopez are the true <laughs> uh the true champions having beaten them at Queens? Did they beat them in the final? Was it them they beat? Uh was it the I'm pretty sure they beat them they beat them along the way. I swear they did. Do you not think that Feliciano Lopez and Andy Murray should have been invited as like an honorary <laughs> alternate or something yes. at least? I mean, they, come on. They should have it. It should be. It should be like in... Um, it should be like the Oscars or sports personality where people vote like based on their like favourite, like who they want to be there. <laughs> I think it should be like the WTA Elite Trophy when they get a wildcard pick and they can just yeah. be like, oh... Let's give it to Andy Murray and Luciano Lopez. Um, We do have a Brit, though. We do have a Brit. Brit. Yeah, I was just going to get on to group Jonas Bjorkman. Um, We've got Rajiv Ram and Joe Salisbury. So Joe Salisbury is the only Brit in the World Tour Finals. So big, big shout out for Joe Salisbury. Um, He's had an amazing season with with Rajiv Ram. Um, They're actually the fourth seeds for this event. And they've won a couple of titles this year. Um, So they've had a very consistent season. But they will be up against Kubot and Mello in uh, in that group. Um, They, I think they won it last year. Uh, No, no, they didn't. No, they didn't. They were number one last year. They didn't win this event. Um, Raven Class and Michael Venus, again, solid doubles pairing. And then last but not least, Dodig Palasek. So I would say... Joe Salisbury's actually got the better of the two groups. Um, so I would say they're going to at least get through to the semi-finals. I've actually put Joe Salisbury as winning this title because why not? He's at home. <laughs> well, I was thinking uh, he is at home and, and, and kind of this week, I don't know about you, but uh, just kind of looking at just through like the general media, I don't feel like we have, we don't really talk about um, Joe Salisbury. And, and again, what a fantastic season he is having and uh it's just like i wonder whether the it's almost like lost a little bit because it's like oh but yeah but he's got an an american um partner he's got an american doubles partner but um yeah i feel like it's a bit uh almost like under the radar that that yes yes andy murray isn't here jamie murray isn't here but hang on yes there is still british interest well exactly uh, yeah well exactly but maybe he'll be uh making the newspapers uh you know a week on sunday (laughs) Mm. (laughs) um but yeah, so that remains to be seen. I, I do like a bit of doubles. Um, I'm hoping I can get get a good session of doubles in as well um, next week. Um, but Joel, one thing before we finish uh, for the for this for this pod, the World Tour Finals or ATP Finals as they're now called <laughs> doesn't really start until we see one thing, which is the selfie that they all take <laughs> in advance of the tournament starting. It's usually at their like preview pre-event dinner gala thing yeah which in years past has been held at various different places around london i think one year it was at the natural history museum it was at the courts of justice one year they just did it on the thames clipper boat i think um well it's been all sorts of places um but yeah last year they took a selfie on a tube train which i mean i don't know they must have I don't know how they managed that, to be honest. Did they like rent out a carriage or something? Or were there like people in it? 
looking at the photo, it looks like, yeah, they just like There's took commuters. over. What, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't look like it was peak, peak rush hour. It must have been during... No. It must have been after after rush hour, and, and I hope they all use their their oyster cards. But I'm um, sure they did. They wouldn't want to dodge I, any fares, would they? But my my feeling on the ATP selfie, if we kind of compare it to the WTA, uh, a WTA opening ceremony photo when they will get up in their in their dresses, I feel like the ATP selfie needs to raise its game. I feel like they're in like it's a bit less always in like the official. same suits. <laughs> they're always in like the same suits. Why can't they have more variety in what they wear? Yeah, they even wear like the same tie. I don't know if they're like told to do that or, you know, to dress like clones or something. I'm not sure. But I mean, I do like the selfie. I'm just looking back at the last three years. I mean, last year's selfie wasn't actually a selfie because Federer is being photographed taking the selfie. So I don't know what you call that, what the technical term is, a photo of a selfie. Um, Thomas Burditch had some quite good camera skills. And uh, Stan Wawrinka. So I don't know who the designated person will be this year. Maybe Berrettini could um, could take on the task. Yeah. <laughs> he won't just be making what? up. The He's numbers. like the, war- the yeah, making- <laughs> yeah. Oh, he'll be the water boy instead. Oh, he'll take the oh. photo. Okay. Um, it just reminds me. I once um, there's a group of us at Queens, I think, and we were like trying to get a big group selfie with Thomas Burditch, and um, he was very obliging and. You know, we, we had to ask him to take it because obviously he had like the longest arms. Um, but it was quite a laugh. <laughs> uh, um, so, yeah, that is um, our World Tour Finals preview pod. But, Joel, we're going to do some little predictions, I think, aren't we? Because we I do know, love a good very, prediction. Very, oh, very exciting. Yes, we are bringing back our collect a set feature. Listeners of this uh, of this podcast will know we did a little predictions table earlier in the season for the us open we asked for six predictions this time what we're going to do is is we're going to do a mini collector set and ask for your three predictions and the predictions we are asking you for are who you think is your singles winner your doubles winner and how many three set matches you think will be in the singles group stage so have a think about who you think your singles winner is, your doubles winner, and how many three-set matches do you think they'll be in, in, in the singles group? And let us know on Twitter, um, at PassingShotPod, um, and we'll kind of collate them all together and see if anyone can get 100% and be uh, the mini collector set winner for the World Tour Finals. Um, and also see if they can beat us, because we're going to be taking part as well, aren't we, Kim? We are. And um, before we were recording this, we had a, a great conversation where we were actually trying to work out how many group matches there would be. <laughs> um, getting our, I don't know, primary school maths out. Um, there are 12 round robin matches, matches, just to yeah. clarify, not 24, as I originally <laughs> calculated. Um, <laughs> it's late in the day. And if you're thinking, why on earth are you asking this question? The reason we're asking it is basically because we feel like that the the tour finals has this um, has this identity is identity that it just ha- serves up kind of routine straight set matches in the round robin stages, and it doesn't actually get interesting till the semifinals. So we're kind of wanting to see: well, do you believe in that, or do you actually think this year? you know, with the competitors we got, are we actually going to get some, you know, some proper battles that are going to go the distance? 
I have been there, Joel, quite a few times where it's been an absolute rout. <laughs> I think I got tickets for a Djokovic match once and it was sort of over in about 40 minutes. Um, I, I just honestly like, and people pay like good money for seats. They're like, I want them to get like their money's worth. Um, but yeah, I mean, who who are you going for? Or are we keeping them secret? No, no, so I, secret? <laughs> I am going to give you my prediction. So I am going to go for my singles winner, I think is going to be Roger Federer. My doubles winner is going to be Herbert and Moe. And I think there are going to be, I think they're going to be four three set matches in the singles group stage. So four, four out of 12. Great. Well, I'm going to go for Novak Djokovic, um, but he'll probably beat Federer in the final. Hang on, you're a massive Nadal fan. Well, yeah, for- I know. I obviously want Rafa to win, but my logical brain says wow. Djokovic. Wow. Okay. So obviously, I, I Shots you know, fired. I'm just like I, I don't want to overestimate, um, but wishful thinking perhaps. But Joe Salisbury and Rajiv Ram, I'm going to predict them for the doubles. So. Go Joe. And then I'm doing eight three set matches in the singles round robin group stage. I think there's going to be a bit more competition this year. Why not? Um, but yeah, let us know your predictions. Um, tweet us, um, ideally before Sunday when it all kind of kicks off. Um, and then we will let you all know who's kind of got the most, <laughs> most of the predictions right. Perhaps we'll have a royal flush. Maybe someone will get them all right. Um, But we'll be back, I think, sort of sometime next week to round up the goings on at the tour finals, um, maybe halfway through, see how it's going down. Um, If anyone's attending, let us know. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. And uh, if you are going along, then I hope you have a wonderful time. It's not, you know... I mean, we haven't got this event for, for many more years. I think last year's the next year, and then it goes off to... To Rin, so got to make the most of it while while it's in London. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, we are. Yes, we will be back. I think we won't. We will be covering um, like a midweek catch up. I think of the group stage uh, and then previewing the semi-finals, straight finals. But before then, we're hoping to bring you a next gen special with the next gen finals on at the moment. Uh, we're actually going to be previewing and looking forward to what we have coined the next next gen um on our um on our next podcast which we hope to be recording and release on sunday so look out for that uh but in the meantime hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast as always um you can catch up uh, with us on social media um on facebook twitter and instagram at passing shot pod if you want to send any feedback for the show uh, you can email us passingshotpod at gmail.com. And if you have been enjoying listening to us, uh, feel free to leave us a rating and comment on iTunes. But for now, thanks for listening and goodbye.